is up, bros, and welcome to the All Bros Podcast. I am Jonathan. And I'm Caleb. And we are a couple of aspiring filmmakers that love to watch and critique movies, but also enjoy a lot of bit of the nerd life. Uh, this week on the podcast, we'll be talking about some Funko Focus. Uh, thanks to Funko, we now know certain suits that are going to be in a upcoming superhero film. Um, so thanks for that. Yeah, thanks. You're worse than Lego. <laughs> they are, for real, though, and I never thought that could be possible. I know, freaking Lego. They're the absolute worst. Like, they actually just spoiled some shit. Well, actually, Lego actually spoiled some of the shit that we're going to see before the, before Funko did. <laughs> oh, yeah, so it's sure. almost like Funko is just like, hey, you going to spoil some shit? Oh, well, me first. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit um and then we'll also be talking about a, a certain comic book character finally getting their comic accurate uh costume in funko pop form which i'm very excited about uh and then we'll be moving into 4k spotlight we got two new uh movies that have already come out but they are finally getting 4k releases and one is in celebration of the sequel coming out next month. And then after that, we'll be jumping into Through the Wall. We got two trailers to talk about, which are ones that came out last week, but we just didn't get a chance to talk about them because we had Halloween Kills and Shang-Chi to talk about. And then after that, we will be jumping into our All Bros headliner, which will be our breakdown of the new Disney Pixar film, Luca. Hells yeah. So what do you say we get started, Caleb? Say let's do it. Hell yeah. Hello, my name is Brooker, and I want to talk to you about my fun horror podcast called Autopsy of a Horror Movie. Each week, I will talk about a different horror movie through one or two ways. Either a kill grade episode, where I come up with a cool rubric to grade the kills in each movie. I'll talk about the style, the method, and how impactful it was on me. At the end of the episode, I'll rank all the kills and tell you which ones are my favorite and which ones I thought sucked. I do also like to get a little academic with the movies and do more of what I call a horror review. I will talk about what was good, what was bad what types of psychological fears the movie plays off of, and what I thought was the scariest part of the movie, while also throwing in some interpretation and wacky theories for the movie. You can find my podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts, and new episodes come out on Tuesdays. Also, if you're a YouTube fan, these episodes are made available 48 hours early on my YouTube channel, at Autopsy of a Horror Movie. Please be sure to follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Brucker Horror or email me at BruckerHorror at gmail.com to let me know your thoughts and interpretations or if you have a movie request you'd like for me to do. Please rate, review, and subscribe, and I hope you get to enjoy the show. All right, so, Caleb, would you like to sh tell the audience how much Funko spoiled Spider-Man No Way Home? <laughs> A, a, a pretty decent amount. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they really did. Yeah. Um, I mean, come on. Guys, like, I thought we were over this shit. Dude, the second comment on the... So on the Funko Pop Hunters, when they posted the picture 
of these certain pops. Second comment says, I'm so tired of Funko spoiling shit. (laughs) (laughs) Amen, brother. Amen. Yeah, no joke. Dude, well, like we haven't gotten anything for this movie. We haven't gotten promotional footage. We haven't gotten a teaser, a trick. Like we haven't no, gotten anything. Literally, the only teaser that we got for this movie was when they did that thing where it was uh, Tom Holland, uh, Zendaya, and then I forget the guy that plays Ned. But they're like discussing, like, oh, what is the third film going to be titled? They're not going to tell us because we always spoil shit. And then when they walk out the door, it says Spider-Man: No Way Home. That was it. Yeah. So freaking dumb. Like that's the only thing that we've gotten, and now we know. I would say six new items of stuff. Yeah. Well, maybe not six. So maybe f- five. Because the only okay, one that doesn't yeah. give anything away is I would say MJ. Um, True. Well, and I'd say the one above MJ, because honestly, isn't that the exact same suit from the end of Far uh, From Home? Yeah. Yeah. Just with the wings attached to it? Yeah. Okay. So. All right. So for those of you that don't want anything Spider-Man spoiled, well, we're just skip over a little bit. Yeah. Maybe not a little bit, because I think we're going to be bitching about this for a hot minute. <laughs> yeah. So, like, I don't know, is like five minutes too much? Yeah. Probably not enough. <laughs> <laughs> Knowing us. Yeah, um, true. Okay, so there were six figures in total released. Technically seven, but we'll discuss that here in a minute. Yes. So, six figures, three Spider-Men, then we have a Ned... Doctor Strange and an MJ. The MJ figure is just like basic pose. Um, the Doctor Strange one is interesting. Considering he's wearing freaking okay, that's, so he's wearing a winter coat and freaking winter boots. Yeah, so it kind of makes me wonder if Spider-Man's going to run into him while he's like shoveling the yard or something or shoveling the the walkway. Dude, that'd be so freaking funny. That'd oh be hilarious. Gosh. What what makes this funnier is that he's wearing the his cape. Yeah. Yeah, he's wearing his cape. He's wearing uh the um oh my gosh, what is it called? And wears around his neck. Oh, the Eye of Agamotto? Uh, yes, thank you. So yeah, I really got to get some context for this Funko Pop. <laughs> Because, wow. Yeah, I'm trying to... Okay, I was just looking at some of the like his previous um, pop figures because I just noticed the the cape coming up really high on his head. Um, so that's, that tracks with all the other figures. Okay, I was going to say. Uh, it's interesting that he's wearing the Eye of Agamotto because the Eye of Agamotto held the, the Time Stone. But the time stone got destroyed. It's true. So mm. it's like, so they kind of will need to justify that a little bit. He he just can't let it go. He... <laughs> it's he's gonna be like the big Lebowski. Like it just pulls the whole outfit together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there we go. Bam. Um. All right, let's.
let's see. Okay, then next we got Ned. Nothing too special with this one, except he's wearing a... Letterman's jacket. Yeah. What was the name of their school? Because well, on the school has an an M. Oh, shit, I forgot. <laughs> and I thought he... I forget. Uh, Gosh, I was wearing the shirt earlier today, but I got food on it, so I changed my shirt. Damn it, Caleb. Yeah, I know. Let me see. Spider-Man. School name? I don't don't know what else to search. Oh, Midtown School of Science and Technology. Okay, so it it could still be the... the, That... That tracks. Okay. (laughs) So... He is wearing, like, that varsity jacket. I'm wondering if he's, like, on a sports team now, or if that's, like, the the jacket that they were wearing. Oh, no. I was thinking, like, the academic triathlon people. Or the... Weren't weren't those, like, all yellow? Yeah, they were. Yeah. So... Maybe... Is he in some Maybe they're just like, oh, since you lost a shit ton of weight, Jacob, I think it's Babylon or Babylon. I think it's Babylon. We're going to make you play sports. Bam, there we go. Yeah. Interesting. Super cool. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, I'm glad that Ned's finally getting a Funko Pop. It's about damn time. Has he not had one? I would have sworn he got one in Far From Home. No, this is the first Ned Funko Pop as far as I'm concerned. What? That's lame. Let me let me double check. Yeah, I'm very shocked that this is his first. I feel that's like unfair to the man in the chair. Yeah, no joke. Yeah, so he had a uh, mystery mini, but yeah, he never got a uh, actual Funko Pop from Far From Home. Dude, what a bummer! I know that's some bullshit. That's some straight up bullshit. All right, and then the three. The three Spider-Man figures. So the first one we have is the the Far From Home gliding outfit, which is super dope. Oh, yeah, I love this one. Yeah, I love that pose. Um, yeah, nothing too much to talk about with that one, just because it's it's a figure that we've seen before, or at least the the outfit is just yeah. not that pose. So the two that I want to talk about, there's the there's a black suit Spider-Man with like with gold uh, webbing, and then there's another like Stark Stark Tech suit. It looks like it does. Um, like honestly, I feel the Stark Tech one has way too much going on because literally instead of it being a sp- Spider in the middle. It looks like he now has a uh, a arc reactor. Dude, it totally does. Like no like, joke. So the I so my theory with this gold one or with the the black and gold because I have some idea things to say about the other one. The the black suit with the gold webbing. I'm wondering if I doubt that's a new suit. Like I, I highly doubt that because that would be th- two, like at, at least three suits that he'd be wearing throughout this, and I'm calling bullshit. Fair. So my money is that I mean, this is a camo. D- okay. Oh, so like, it's just camo. 
I'm I'm thinking it's like a, a nighttime camouflage or something with so the like night monkey. Yeah, kind of. Okay. Um, just because like if you look at the, uh, it looks like the Far From Home suit. It's just the the colors are, are swapped. No, that's that's very true. Yeah, so that's what I'm thinking. It's like a camo. It's and like the all the design patterns are the same. Like with um with Spider Man on the Far From Home suit, his fingertips are red, and then he has like kind of a gauntlet going up his arm that's black. And then on this suit, like the black suit, it's the same color, but it looks like it's he has black fingertips, and then that gauntlet's gold. Yeah. Exactly. So, I'm wondering if this is maybe, like I said, I'm thinking it's like a camo version, like a camouflage function of the Far From Home suit. The only other thing that I can think of is that maybe something happens while he's being transported to another dimension and his suit completely changes colors. I mean, either way, I'm actually stoked to see this one in person, because <laughs> I actually love this coloring. It's pretty cool. Like, I think I saw someone say that they thought it was Miles Morales, and I'm like, mm, no. Nah. I don't... Like, all those rumors, like, going around, like, with Miles Morales being in this movie, or Andrew Garfield and um, Maguire, I don't believe any of that stuff, like... Like I, I don't know. I'm just like, wait till the trailer. Stop getting ahead of yourselves with all of this. Like, being like, oh, this is gonna happen. This is gonna happen. I can't wait till we see Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire back in the spider suits again. Just like, like didn't didn't Andrew Garfield come out and literally say they never even contacted me? I know he would probably say that, even even if he was in the movie. But yeah, I don't know. Andrew I just Garfield's don't know what to believe anymore. <laughs> <laughs> True. I mean, I can't really say anything considering that Alfred Molino is coming back as Doc Ock for this movie. But did you see know. that Kevin Feige was apparently pissed off that he revealed that? Oh shit! Really? Yeah. Like I mean, I mean, like he, he was mad. Like it, it was an art. Like I didn't read the article. I just saw like saw something on Facebook. I I don't know if it was real or not. I forgot to check what the source dude, was. Dude, I'll bet you it's Screen Rant that will say, "Oh yeah, Kevin Feige pissed off at Alfred Molina for revealing that he's Doc Ock coming back as Doc Ock." But then it'd be Kevin Feige actually being like, "Hey, I mean, you know, I would have loved that if we could have announced this news sooner to the release date, but you know what? I can understand why, you know, he wanted fans to know it now or some shit like that. It's just like them putting words into Kevin Feige's mouth. Yeah. That's what I'm betting happened. Um, yeah. It's just cause like you can't cast Alfred Molina and not like seriously, like who else would he play? <laughs> Dr. Connors. I don't know. No, absolutely not. But yeah, I was just no. <laughs> so like, like we, I've, I think we should just explain this real quick. All of this is speculation, so technically not spoilers, but true. Yeah, that's just my theory that it's a camo, uh, 
camo function of his far from home suit or it gets or his suit gets some weird shit done to it in like some multi-dimensional travel um i can just oh sorry no you're good no i I can just imagine tom holland going up to the mar uh like costume design people on these movies and he's just like can we get the symbiote uh, costume in this one, they're like, oh, so you mean like a black and a gold one? No, like, you know, like a black and a white one. Well, you're getting a black and gold one. It's as close as you're getting. Bro, that would look dope. That would look... I mean, like, I feel this is probably the closest we're gonna get to the symbiote suit with Tom Holland's movies. Unfortunately. I mean, it still looks badass. Like I said, I can't wait to see this on screen. But... Like, a part of me wishes that this was the symbiote suit. Yeah. Um, and then last but not least, uh, we have... Uh, I'm assuming it gets, it's a Stark Tech suit. This this is kind of like, like if Stark extreme. Tech... Yeah, this is kind of like if Stark Tech met the Spider-Man PS4 suit. Ooh, that's a really good way to put it. Yeah, like it has that big ass spider on it, but it's all in gold, which kind of bums me out. I think it'd look even better in white. Yes, that would look bitchin'. Um, the rest of the suit outline, it's black and red. Uh, and then, like I said, with the gold spider, and then it totally looks like he has a freaking arc reactor. Let me see if I can zoom then- in on that picture, which I can't. Can you tell what the hell is on his arm? Or is that supposed to be shooting out of his web? I... So the the arc reactor, it looks like a, a spider web. And then the thing on his hand straight up looks like magic. Oh, this is some bullshit. Yeah, like, it looks exactly like... Doctor Strange's uh, thing. Oh yeah, good hell it does. Yeah, the only thing is like there's a little like star pattern, like like kind of the Star of David uh, pattern in the center. That's the only difference that I can see. You know what I'm wondering? (laughs) Hmm. I'm wondering if if because the the whole arc reactor thing. That's just, that's weird, right? Yes. Oh, very much so. Okay. Here's what I'm thinking. Is that spider housing the Eye of Agamotto? And maybe he opens it, and that's why it looks like the arc reactor, and that's why he has some sort of, like, magic thing on his hand? That is a very interesting theory, and, like, honestly, I could see that, and if that is it, I don't know if I like that happening to Spider-Man. I <sighs> that just seems like really out there for Spider-Man, doesn't it, it? It very much does. I don't like that. Like I am so okay with the the Spider-Verse and his Same team way. up with Doctor Strange. I'm not a big fan of the Stark Tech suit or whatever yeah. this. This suit, it, like, maybe it's a magic suit? <laughs> Spider-Man doesn't need a magic suit. <laughs> I know, it's just, like, okay, I understand that he, like, he doesn't need a mentor. 
He no, did not he need doesn't. Iron Man to like build him a suit. The I the reason I I like the the Far From Home suit so much is because he designed that himself. Yes, he designed that with Stark Tech, but he designed it himself. No, same here. And like honestly, I didn't think that I would love that it doesn't have any blue anymore. It's just red and black now, but I dig it so much. Because literally, I actually went and replayed uh, the Spider-Man PS4 storyline when they added the Spider-Man uh, Far From Home suit to it. Because I love that suit so much. But yeah, this whole magic shit with a Stark Tech suit, just no. Are we forgetting like how smart Peter Parker really is? I know! He freaking, <laughs> build, he freaking makes web fluid in his desk at school. Yeah, he's a very smart kid. Stop doubting him. Yeah, I freaking hope the other Spider-Man give him shit. (laughs) Dude, I hope so too. Like, if they are in it. Which, have you seen that picture of Tobey Maguire and some fan going around? Uh Uh-uh. So some dude took us, or saw uh, Tobey Maguire, like, I think he was jogging or something. And asked him, like, just flat out, hey, are you going to be in the Spider-Man No Way Home movie? And he says all Toby did was smile and then run away. (laughs) It's like, how am I supposed to take... I'm sure he kind of just did that to be like, F you guys. (laughs) Yeah, right? For that, you know what? I appreciate that, Toby. Yeah. These... Did you hear... I think I think it comes out this year. Uh, like Tobey Maguire is actually uh, going to be in a movie for the first time in over like ten years. Really? Yeah. It's, Has it it's been, been that long? Lot. I feel. Yeah. I feel like he's been in something recent, not like super recently, but I don't think it has. Like, I forget what the movie's called. Oh shit! He was a producer on a uh, Nobody. Oh, nice. Uh oh, he was the the narrator in Boss Baby. <laughs> I mean, does that really count? <laughs> I guess not. <laughs> yeah, and then before that, he was Great Gatsby in 2013. Well, no, he wasn't the Great Gatsby. Or he was um... he was in the Great Gatsby. Yeah. Yeah, so it's been a while. Okay, okay, so it hasn't. Okay, so his last on-screen performance was in two thousand fourteen. In two thousand fourteen. Yes. So. So in two thousand fourteen, he was in Pawn Sacrifice, but uh, he is now going to be in Damien Chazelle's movie uh, Babylon. Noise. Thought that was very interesting. Can't believe it's been six years. Damn. Well, welcome back, Toby. We missed you. Hell yeah, dude. I've he's like a super good actor. He is. He get. I I feel like everyone just hates on him because of that whole thing with Spider Man Three. Like watch, especially watch the Great Gatsby. I forget who he plays, which sucks because. The movie's great and the book is great, 
Um, but he is fantastic as that character. Okay, I, yeah, I he does a really, really, really good job. Not the great to Gatsby. To Gatsby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I forgot what I was going to say, but. Yeah, I completely forgot what I was going to say. Nick yeah, I just looked up the. Uh, I just looked up the. Spider-Man No Way Home uh, IMDb. Yeah. And. Yeah, it doesn't look like he's on it. <laughs> like they do. Uh, I mean... So the only ones that they have are J.K. Simmons. Uh, okay. J-, J or Jamie Fox. And Alfred Molina. Those are the only ones that I've seen that are like new. Oh, I was gonna say like wait, like Tom Holland, Zendaya isn't on are on it? Dude, for some reason, whoever like the the girl that plays Betty Brandt is above <laughs> Tom Holland and all of them. Wait, who's Betty Brandt? She's the uh She's the the blonde chick that does the morning announcements. Oh, Ned's girlfriend in Spider Man Far From Home. I mean, his girlfriend for the first half. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So she, yeah, she like if you look up the IMDb, she's top of the list. What the hell? <laughs> yeah, it goes her, then Tom Holland, then Zendaya, then Marissa Tomei. Then J.K. Simmons, then Benedict Cumberbatch, like, and then like keeps going down. But I'm just like, what? Like, how the hell does that make sense? <laughs> and we and we thought Doc Ock and Electro were gonna be the people to beat Spider-Man in this film. Nope, it's her. She beat Tom Holland the top billing. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Betty Brant's the real villain. <laughs> Oh shit! Yeah, I. So this comes out in December, right? Yes. I. I'm hoping we get a trailer soon. Honestly, I'm really shocked they're waiting this long. It's a freaking Marvel movie. I know. Shit. Like I mean, but it is also being distributed by Sony, we gotta remember that, so it's not gonna be like how with, like, Black Widow they're doing the in-theater and premiere access thing, like, this is strictly gonna be in theaters. Yeah. Damn you, Sony. Yeah. <laughs> That's gonna suck. But, yeah, I think IMDb, they have, yeah, I'm I'm looking at into the the multiverse of madness and they i think they're very limited on who they release because right now they only have um they only have the people that have been announced like they have elizabeth olsen rachel mcadams benedict cumberbatch uh benedict wong and then the guy that played mordo and then Mm. So Mordo's coming back. That's gonna be freaking dope. Yeah. And then Didn't know that. 
And then uh, a new girl who's going to play America Chavez. So, anyway, getting back to the figure. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how I feel about Spider-Man using magic. I don't like it one bit. That's just me. Yeah, it's not I'm very interested to hear what Vic has to say about this for how much he loves Spider-Man. Yeah, well, this was this one and the gliding figure were he said were his favorite. Okay, which I get. Like, it's a super cool figure. It's just what it means. I'm not a super big fan of. Like, I don't know. Like, I've I like the black and gold, and then the uh, gliding one a lot more than this one because I feel there's just too much going on on this suit. Yeah, I. Out of all of these, my favorite's the the gliding and the Doctor Strange, just because I think that it's so cool just seeing, like, casual Doctor Strange. <laughs> you imagine, so he's, like, shoveling the snow on his driveway, and then you just see Wong just pushing the snowblower. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> Not even pushing it himself, using magic. <laughs> oh, that'd be so awesome. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm so excited for this movie. This one is one of my high, like top anticipated of the year. Oh yeah, just because I know that this one's going to be insane. Yeah, let's. It's going to be very interesting how much they're going to be able to fit into two and a half hours. Yeah, I mean, I'm assuming Shit, it's going to be that length. My money is is. I'm. I think it's going to be longer. I don't. Know. I I could see it. I don't think they're gonna make it end game long. I don't think. Yeah, I don't think they'll go end game long. I think they'll go close though. Like I'm, I, my like money. Infinity War long. How long was Infinity War? That's a damn good question. <laughs> okay, well, whatever it is, my guess is around like two forty five. Damn, Endgame was that short? Endgame was only 2 hours and 29 minutes. That's it? Yeah, I thought it was like 2 hours and 40 minutes. 2.45. Okay, maybe I do think it's going to be Endgame long, or Infinity War long. (laughs) Honestly, I wouldn't be upset if it was Endgame long. (laughs) I wouldn't either, but I I feel... (laughs) Considering that they lost the uh, mantle for highest grossing movie of all time, I don't think they want to take away another um, victory from Endgame for it being the longest Marvel movie. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> yeah, my just, just, my just money my is going to be on a two two hour forty five minute two hour t- f- fifty minute runtime. I like it. Like really close to three hours. I feel you kind of need to with this movie. Yeah. Uh, the only other figure for No Way Home is the the black suit with the gold webbing. Uh, that one's getting a Target exclusive 10 inch. Yep. Which is live now. So if you guys want that, better snag it up while you can. Yeah. All the other ones are commons, so those ones shouldn't yeah, no, be yeah. hard to find. No, I yeah, I no, really want to go get that Stark Tech yeah. suit in person. I just want to see it in person. Yeah, I kind of do too. 
I'm hoping it shows up at like Target or Walmart soon. Yeah, I want to see the uh, the magic symbol because from the the image that we have, it's not very clear. This is true. This is very true. So I want to see a little bit more detail on it. So anyway, all right. Uh, moving on to one more uh, Funko Focus item. Caleb freaking sent this to me and freaking hate him for doing it. Okay, hold up. In my defense, Victor <laughs> sent it to our Instagram. Ah, oh, that And I was just ever. like, no way, this isn't real. And so I went on the Funko Hunters page and saw it. I'm just like, oh shit. God damn it, of course that'd be real. But so yeah, they finally made a comic accurate Hawkeye. Kilt and all. <laughs> it's not a kilt. I don't even know what the hell it's called. I I don't know what it's called either because it's t- it's just part of his like the top. Yeah, like it's just kind of like a long long shirt. But freaking got his classic uh, helmet with the freaking H on the top. His he they even like gave him his actual like yellow bow. Like, he has a yellow bow straight from the comics, and I freaking love it. And, I mean, thankfully, it's just a PX exclusive, so it shouldn't be that too hard to find. Um, so, I don't think I've said this. Um, so, the I'm, so I quit Funko Pop uh, collecting, but I made an exception with Hawkeye, just because favorite superhero. And I, I feel that's okay. Yeah, I think that's Because it's very rare... <laughs> When we get Hawkeye Pops. Lucky. I'm mm, True. Dude, I keep getting Dude, bit I'm not going to be lucky when... <laughs> Wait, what? I said, I keep getting bit in the ass every time I'm just like, alright, I have all the the Hulk figures I want, and then like now another one comes out and just like, hey. <laughs> Dude, I might not be so lucky when they uh, release the line for the Hawkeye series. That's true. So, are you going to want those Kate Bishop sh- ones, or are you just going to strictly yeah, go for Hawkeye? Because it's still Hawkeye. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, damn it. <laughs> oh, um, but yeah, so he's just in a badass pose where he's like, the bow is like twisted to the side, and he has an arrow loaded, and he's freaking ready for action. And oh, it looks so bitching, and I want it so bad. So. It's up for pre-order right now. Um, I don't know if I want to pre-order it or not. I probably should, just in case it does sell out. <laughs> Honestly, I think I'm going to pre-order one, too. Because I, I really like the comic-accurate figures. So having that one would be... It's just part of my collection. No, and I mean... who? I know there's a lot of people that probably don't love comic-accurate Hawkeye, but I mean, of course I do. Yeah. Um still available. Yeah, uh on the Funko Pop Hunters, if you click on the actual picture of the Hawkeye uh page, it's available to pre order on Mighty Hobby and Entertainment Earth. Yeah. So the only thing that I will point out about this figure, and it's easily fixable, the 
the H on his head and then the or on his cowl and then the the lines going back, those I feel should be darker. Like those should be the color like the purple instead of pink. I'm wonder I'm wondering if that's like how it usually is. Cause I don't really usually um look a lot at the comic accurate Hawkeye just because like everything is based off the uh the um ultimates nowadays because like even Jeremy Renner has like said like yeah no I am not wearing a uh freaking cowl <laughs> that's no fun um <laughs> but actually you know what you got a point because uh looking at comic accurate um the uh so like the what was it like the area behind the H is actually supposed to be a little darker of purple so that the H stands more out. Uh, okay, so I had it a little bit backwards. But still like you're right, it's not perfect. Yeah. Still probably going to get it though. <laughs> yeah. It's it's kind of crazy that the close besides Ronan cuz Ronan's outfit in Endgame is pretty it's decently close to actually it's very close uh to the comic accurate one for that. The closest one that we've gotten to actual Hawkeye being close to comic accurate was probably Avengers Age uh Age of Ultron. Yeah. The because that one actually had purple in it, the rest have literally just been black. Which I'm not complaining. I mean, but Age of Ultron is probably my favorite one, just because it's so it's at least close to comic accurate Hawkeye. <laughs> so maybe we'll actually get something closer in the Hawkeye series. We'll see. Still haven't gotten anything for that. What the hell? My theory is we're not going to get anything until after Loki finishes. Because isn't that how they did it with... Uh, Loki, they didn't showcase anything until after Falcon and the Winter Soldier finished. They showcased a couple things, but not not a ton. Okay. So I my bet is that we're gonna see yeah probably after uh, after Black Widow. Ooh, actually, I think we're gonna get. I think we're gonna get some what if uh, promotional stuff first. I mean, Hawkeye's going to be in that, so I'm okay with that. In the what if? Yeah, mem- remember the, one of the storylines is what if Hawkeye killed Thor? What? Were those announced? announced? Yeah, yeah, one of the what ifs is what if Hawkeye killed Thor in Thor? I did not see that. Dude, what? Okay. Yeah, that's like the one I'm most excited for. Not that I want Thor to die, um, but it would just be interesting. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm so down. That is a <laughs> that is a very interesting idea. Yeah, right. <laughs> I did not expect Marvel to pull that one out of the hat. Yeah, me either. All right. Um, anyway. But, so, so, yeah, that's it for Funko Focus. Moving on to 4K Spotlight. We got two movies being released on 4K for the first time. 
First up is one of Caleb's favorite movies. I actually don't know if it is. Uh, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Is it one of your favorite movies? It's up there. Okay. Definitely top ten. Nice. Very nice. Um, so this will be, shockingly, getting a Best Buy exclusive steelbook as well as a bare bones 4K release. Um, I'm pretty sure the steelbook is actually like out of stock of pre-orders. Um, we'll see if it comes back into stock when it is finally released. Um, but super cool steelbook. Um, it's definitely a lot better than the next movie. Um, and we'll have these on our uh, social media platform so you'll be able to check these out fully because I really can't do it justice for explaining them. So I'm not even going to try. Um, but the next movie is Space Jam, which really is no surprise considering Space Jam A New Legacy is coming out this month. Um, so the 4K release looks really good. Um, I mean, it's just Michael Jordan and Bugs Bunny. But it looks, you know, it's simple, looks really good. Um, I know I didn't talk about the steelbook for Scott Pilgrim, but I got to talk about the one for Space Jam because this is one of the stupidest steelbooks I've ever seen and one of the worst looking I've ever seen. Literally, so it's a basketball court. It's like the the floor of a basketball court. The front being Michael Jordan and Bugs Bunny. And then the back... Does it want to show me? Why don't you want to show me? You, I swear it's the bad guys of the movie. I forget who. Do you remember the names at all? Even though you've only seen it once. Uh, no. <laughs> Come on, Caleb. You should know this. Yeah, well, I don't. You bitch. <laughs> Okay, yeah, so so it is the bad guys. It's okay, uh, so it's showing the purple one and I think the big boss. Um, but bullshit, there's no way that this one is out of stock for shipping to your home. You can ship it to I can ship it to my store, but I can't ship it to home. Bullshit. There's no way that this steel book is sold out. The inside is interesting. It has like a game plan with like Bugs Bunny drawn, um, like drawn in like chalk and shit. So that's cool. Um, but the outside is so freaking bad. Why would anyone buy this? <laughs> it like pisses me off. So needless to say, if I do get Space Jam on 4K, which will probably happen, I'm just going with the regular 4K release because f this steelbook it looks. It looks like garbage, and there's a reason it's already on sale. <laughs> yeah, I love how much shade you bring <laughs> when a know, right? when a 4K sucks. <laughs> well, they they, they got to try better with these steel books, because like I mean, at least with Space Jam and New Legacy, they really don't have to try to top this one. <laughs> Like, they could do anything, and it would be better than this piece of shit. <laughs> Damn. Okay. <laughs> I'm so nice. Um, like, like I said, this will be on our social media, so you guys let us know what you think. Am I being too harsh, or what? <laughs> um, Alright, moving on to Through the Wall. we got two trailers to talk about. Uh, first up, Caleb, let's start with, let's start with Sing 2. So, uh, 
I don't know about Caleb, but Sing is actually my favorite Illumination movie still. It's my favorite movie they've ever made. I don't know what it is, but I freaking love that movie. Um, so when they announced there was going to be a Sing 2, I was like, oh, hell yeah, finally, my favorite movie getting a sequel. Um, after watching the trailer a second time, my my uh, my hopes have been raised a little bit. But it just feels like there is a little too much going on in this movie. <laughs> I guess you could say the same thing about the first one, but I felt like there was there wasn't as much going on in that one as there is in this one. Dude, there is so much going on in this, and it feels like they gave up all of those storylines. They did honestly. It feels like the original. Uh, hell, I don't know how many characters there are from the first one in this, but they literally just got pushed to the side. <laughs> At least a little bit, like may- maybe not fully, but um, like hell, what's oh shit, what's the elephant's name? I don't remember. Did she even get like anything to do in this trailer? Uh, doesn't seem like it, but she did have like a little bit of a it, like you kind of saw like a little bit with her where it was kind of like maybe oh. she was making a love connection. Oh great. Yeah, so she's going <laughs> to get kidding. a love connection. The gorilla dude's going to learn how to dance. Uh, really, really? Okay, speaking of the... Uh, I think his name's Johnny. Taron Edgerton made one of the funniest comments on this trailer. He's just like, you know, in the first uh, Sing movie, I uh, sang one of Elton John's songs, and I got to play Elton John in <laughs> his biopic, so maybe for one of the songs that I sing as Johnny in this movie, I'll get to play... <laughs> that uh person in their biopic like dude that'd be hilarious that would be really freaking funny (laughs) (laughs) um yeah so it's just like there's a lot going on i feel like this is going to be like a lot of like you know how most movies they have like an a storyline and a b storyline yes yeah, I'm wondering if this is going to be like an A storyline with like a shit ton of like C storylines. That's what it seems like. Yeah, it's uh it's going to be busy. Like, it seems like they're all trying to put on like a certain show for this like a big top wolf guy. Um but then you have them trying to get this musician that's given up on music back into the limelight you have rosita dealing with uh her i guess was it like her fear of heights and so she's not able to perform with uh uh gunter anymore um ash i don't even know what the hell ash is doing in the movie okay dude you've um, completely lost me i have no oh, idea who oh, these you don't names. know the names no oh. not off the top of my head like <laughs> I'm okay. <laughs> I'm figuring out because you're like t- talking about the trailer that we just saw, and so it's a little easier for me to like keep up. But yeah, you, I'm like, oh shit! Like you so know all these Ros- names, <laughs> dude. I've seen Sing so many times. <laughs> so Rosita is the female pig. Okay. Yeah, I was uh, able to pick that up. Like, okay, and then I'm, I was just the... I'm, I'm impressed. Like you were oh, okay. Y- you can keep going. Like I'll I'll figure it out. <laughs> Uh, Ash the porcupine, right? Isn't she a porcupine? Yes. Okay. Um, 
hell, the only thing I saw her do was, like, try to get the guy to come back into the limelight. Um, and then I... Shit, what the hell was the gorilla doing? Johnny? Trying to learn to dance. Oh, yeah, that's what it was. Freaking the tippy-toe, tippy-toe, tippy-toe. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. Dude, least, it feels but... like we saw the entire freaking movie. Dude, it literally does. It it really does. Um, like I'll still go and see it, but it's oh just, yeah, I'll, I'm probably not going to go see it for a while. <laughs> I mean, I'll probably just download for how the soundtrack I, before I see the movie. Fair enough. Just because of how much I love the first one, I'll probably go see this opening weekend. But I'm really scared that there's going to be way too much put into the sequel. Like this is turning into the Amazing Spider-Man two. Excuse me, of Illumination movies. Yeah, it wouldn't be the first time that something like this has happened. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. All right, one I mean, out of ten. A seven. That's not too bad. I'm a, I'm around a six. Okay. Just because, and the only reason is because they gave too much story away. No, that's fair. Dude, really, I would have been at a 6-2 if it weren't for, like I said, how much I love the first one. That's that's more than fair. <laughs> All right, next up, we got the, I'm assuming this is the final trailer, um, for James Gunn's The Suicide Squad, which is coming out. Oh, sorry, really quickly. So Sing 2 opens this Christmas, um, but The Suicide Squad opens August 8th, in theaters and on HBO Max. Hells, yes. Yeah. And... Th- I mean, the first trailer did get me pumped. This got me way more pumped. I'm so freaking excited for this movie. Dude. Oh my gosh. I've seen the trailer like three times. Today, like, because we watched it right before. This was the the fourth time. Hell Still yeah. freaking got me laughing. It, oh, so good. Dude, the jokes um, in this are so freaking good. Dude, the we the weasel joke still gets me. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. That that <laughs> what that's the dude, funniest. <laughs> is it I I can't remember. Rick Flag says he's killed twenty seven kids, right? Yeah, so they're just talking. They're just like, so why do I get to have to sit next to the dog? And they're like, you think that's a dog? What kind of dog you think it is? And then they start taking guesses. And then Harley's like, no, man, that's like a werewolf. <laughs> and then Pete Davidson's character just starts losing his mind and be like, holy shit, you sat me next to a werewolf. And then Rick comes at from the back. <laughs> He's like, yo, it's not a werewolf, man. He's a freaking weasel. Like... <laughs> <laughs> like he's harmless. Like that, and then like turns or ar- like turns around and like goes to walk away. Then he like stops and he's like, "Well, I mean, he's not harmless. He did kill like twenty seven children." <laughs> but or, or nah, he's cool. He, he's cool. <laughs> I freaking dude. That... <laughs> Whereas like during all of this, like literally the 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 eyes on the weasel look like they're about to pop out. Yeah, no joke. He looks like a freaking mutated ferret. <laughs> and the fact that Sean Gunn is playing him makes me so happy. Dude, that's hilarious. That is totally 
that it gives me the vibes like older brother vibes that your your mom tries to, or tells you to include your younger brother in a project that you're doing just let him participate it's good for you and so you give him like the worst job or the weirdest job that you possibly can i mean it's kind of like with guardians of the galaxy how sean gun like only was doing like the stand-in for like rocket raccoon and then i guess he decided to add him as Kraglin too. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Which I love because Kraglin actually became one of my favorite characters, especially in Volume 2. I freaking love him in that one. Yeah. Freaking love it, dude. It's between so it was between that weasel joke and when they're getting the mission brief uh from Amanda Waller. And she's like, we know nothing about this except that it's called Project Starfish. And then John C., <laughs> the peacemaker, raises his hand and he's just like, so, starfish is a slang term used for a butthole. <laughs> and he's like, do you think there's any correlation? She's just like, no. And he's like, and he like writes it down in his notebook. Like, no, okay. Dude, John Cena make like I freaking love John Cena. <laughs> I I do too like um I don't I don't know. How do you feel with him in serious roles, like the Fast and Furious franchise? Ugh, I already dislike the Fast and the Furious franchises. No, I mean I do I don't know. Like I, I feel he does a lot better with comedy than he does with serious. I think he does. I think he, he, uh, some, like, anytime he's done a serious role, it feels like he's summoning his inner WWE persona a little bit. Yes. And the WWE personas are cheesy as hell. Mm-hmm. But they are supposed to try and, like, be serious. So I think that him, like, I think all WWE, like, any actor that I've seen coming from the WWE and the only ones I can name off the top of my head were like, I think it was Randy Savage, uh, Dave Batista and John Cena. Um, Dude, they've I'm all done if... better in comedic roles. Okay. Okay. Are we just talking about like w- fighters that have branched off into acting or are we just talking about actual like fighters? Fighters that have branched off into acting. Okay. Like I think Dave Batista does way better in comedic roles than he does serious. Oh yeah. Cuz for a second like when you were saying those and I'm just like I thought I was going to feel like really old for the fact that like those were not the three that first came to my mind. <laughs> if we were just thinking WWE, but never mind. That branched off into acting? No, that see I didn't know you were talking about the branching off into acting. I thought you were just like talking about like actual WWE fighters. Oh. Yeah, I so I didn't watch WWE growing up. My dad always told me it's fake. And so I I never got it's into it because I, I was just like, yeah, my dad, think, my, like, we're better than this. <laughs> we were not. We we Damn. were. I'm pretty sure my family is specifically the, the demographic of people that watch Dude, WWE. Dude, that was like one of the few things that me and my dad actually bonded over <laughs> was watching <laughs> WWE together. Yeah, so, yeah, never watched WWE. I knew some of the big guys. I knew Hulk Hogan. Yeah, I knew Hulk Hogan. I knew Steve Austin. 
uh, a new Randy Savage, The Rock, and then like no, didn't know anyone else until freaking like, John Cena. <laughs> not even like Triple H, Kane, The Undertaker. Nope. What? Yeah, I had sure. no idea who those guys were. Like, I know who they are now, kind of. Oh, okay. Like, I, I think I still get the, them mixed up. But, yeah, like, I know them now, but growing up, that's who I who I knew. Okay. And honestly, I'm at that age. I knew, and, I, like, maybe you, you were a little bit different. I knew, I knew Hulk Hogan was a wrestler. I knew uh, Steve Austin was a wrestler. I did not learn until way later that The Rock was a wrestler. Like, I knew him as an actor before I knew him as a wrestler. Yeah, I was the other way around. I knew him as a wrestler before as an actor. Yeah, and then moved up to John Cena, and I'm like, okay, who the hell is this dude? And then Dave Bautista was the last one. Dude, the only reason I knew John Cena was a wrestler, because I had stopped watching WWE at that point, was because he was wearing his freaking wrestling gear in Fred the Movie. <laughs> Fred's dad. Yeah, so... Yeah, I think they do a lot better in comedic roles than they do uh, serious. Yes, they do. But I think I think with a little work, he could, like John Cena could, could get it done. No, I agree. I definitely agree with that. Anyway... Super pumped for this movie. This movie's going to be the shit. Yes, it is. I love that um that like DC is like really trying to get you to see this movie because James Gunn made it because uh like uh doesn't like one of the uh taglines in the trailer say from the beautifully messed up mind of James Gunn. Yeah. Dude, yeah. you know what be insane that I was thinking about watching this? I was thinking, like, throughout this entire trailer, I'm like, okay, they have the Suicide Squad, which did okay. Like, yeah, it, like it's it's not a super liked movie, but... Box office-wise, though, it did very well. Yeah. And then compared to, like, all the other heroes, like, it was like, okay, you had some hits, hits and misses. But, like, I think it would be freaking hilarious for them to do... A backwards MCU, like a backwards DCEU, where instead of seeing everything from the hero's perspective, you get to see everything from the villains. Oh, I would love that so much. Yeah, could you imagine just like the the mind F of that? You build <laughs> up these, these, these villains as heroes, or like as the... You build them up, not as heroes, you build up the villains as the protagonists, and then you, you set up the heroes as the antagonists of the movie. And so when you do have, like, like if you were to just do this, and it's just like, okay, Joker movie, and then, like, the entire movie is from Joker's perspective where Batman is the antagonist, and then do that same thing with everyone else, because they, they're kind of doing this with it's like suicide squad and you're gonna love these the members of the suicide squad they're gonna do it with freaking black adam 
like just keep it down that track and then when you do have your big final like team up battle it's going to be like the <laughs> the ah oh shit the the in, un or injustice league that was so dope yeah and then it's like the whole movie it's just like the whole movies get like the villains that we've come to like know and appreciate and like get to know like fall in love with their character get their asses beat by the freaking hero like could you imagine that would be (laughs) that'd be insane warner brothers come on make it happen yeah no shit it's just like that would be so wild and i would love every single second of it (laughs) as would i like, could you, like, like, I couldn't even, like, fathom that. It's just, like, <laughs> a vi- like someone's getting their ass whooped by Superman, but you're rooting for the villain. <laughs> like, knock it off! <laughs> like, you don't know what he's been through! <laughs> oh. That'd be so messed up. <laughs> That'd be absolutely bonkers, but I would love every minute of it. Dude, same here. Anyway. Uh one out of ten for Suicide Squad. I'd say I'm at a nine. That's about where I'm at too. Yeah. I'm super pumped. But just not quite at that ten level yet. Yeah. I'm like I'm I'm in a sweet spot. Like honestly, if I'm at a ten, there's a decent chance that I'm gonna get disappointed by whatever comes out yeah i can agree with that because i just like all that hype i'm at i'm at a nine nine's the sweet spot for me nine's like that that point where my expectations aren't super high but they're not really low either they're somewhere like right in the center and there's a decent chance that you're going to hit the mark (laughs) the question is though are you going to go see this in theaters or watch it on hbo max Uh, i don't know (laughs) I know, dude. I have to see this in theaters. I mean, I was the same way with Godzilla vs. Kong. Dude, I just got put on... This comes out August... What? August 8th. August 8th? Yeah, I... Well, I don't know. I just got put on Weekend Oh, wait, no, shift. sorry. August 6th. August 5th? August 6th. Yeah, I just got put on weekend shift, so my new schedules are is Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then Monday for a few hours. So it's like I I can't go see it in theaters like opening but weekend, but I could go squad. see it on I could go see it on a Tuesday for like okay, five bucks in the middle of the day yeah. because I don't have to work. <laughs> see, there we go. Discount on Tuesday, bam. Dude, I don't even think Cinemark's doing that. I- anymore or i i don't think they yeah brought, they can't afford to that's <laughs> true <laughs> they haven't brought it back yet and i i don't even know if they will like you said because they definitely took a loss <laughs> <laughs> could you imagine going that was like, really freaking on a, funny on a tuesday you're just like hey uh so five bucks <laughs> you probably get laughed at be like yeah that's that like you, you remember covid right yeah you remember how we were close for uh, almost half a year yeah <laughs> yeah no it's like yeah so five hundred thousand people are dead and so it was five buck tuesdays 
<laughs> do or <laughs> or uh yeah, five buck Tuesdays caught COVID and they are dead. <laughs> oh, I should have left shit. it the first one. The first one was funnier. <laughs> yeah, that was that was freaking hilarious, dude. Not the whole death part. Very sad. Like you know, to whoever lost someone to COVID nineteen, really sorry. But the whole yeah, f- because of that five book Tuesdays did yeah, that was freaking funny. So. Now that we're done with trailers, what do you say we jump into our headliner, Caleb? I say we need to hold up for a second, because I got a bone to pick with you. Have you watched the first two episodes of Avatar yet? No, I have not. son of a bitch. You and Emily are literally going to wring my freaking neck. (laughs) Because, dude, I mentioned the whole... um, So I mentioned the whole bet with to her... About uh, if I didn't watch the first two episodes, you'd like reach out to like our uh, good podcast friends and like make have them make like videos scolding me, and she wants in on it. <laughs> does she really, dude? Like, she give her does. give her the email. Like, do it. Okay, I will. Okay. Oh, yeah. So, because yeah, she's she's pissed at me too. Yeah, I'm gonna make a compilation video of this to post because we, I only have one response today, but I do have one one confirmed, one maybe. And if Emily's in on this, that may, like I'll have two. Like I'm I'm going all freaking out finding people to freaking harass you about this. <laughs> but we did get a response from the untrained eye, and he has some words to say. I have not listened to this yet. Shit. Okay. So. I better not cry myself to sleep, DJ. I'm just saying. Yeah, that's the only thing we know. I only listened to the beginning, like just your your introduction, because I know that's what Rose is listening. Or I, I wanted to make sure Rose could hear. So we're going to play that. Hello, all bros. It's your old pal, DJ, the next and future king of the most guested on the All Bros podcast. Hi. My name's DJ from the Untrained Eye podcast. On behalf of the Untrained Eye podcast, Beth is also here with me, uh, but she's going to be very silent. So silent, you might even think she's not here. You might even think she's still at work, but she's not. Beth, (laughs) shake your head if you're here. She's shaking her head. So, I've been asked... We've been asked, <laughs> we've been asked to uh, berate and uh, dress down our old pal Johnny Rose for never having seen Avatar: The Last Airbender, books one through three. God forbid we're not talking about the the M Night Shyamalan movie, if you could even call it that, the M Night Shyamalan experience that he did to us. It was like, hey man, if you like this thing, not anymore. Like Rose, if that I if I find out that you saw that movie and that is your experience with Avatar: The Last Airbender, I actually I, I I'm sorry for you. I'm so sorry because it shouldn't have been that way. It's like it, it would be like watching that movie before you see the cartoon is like knowing that uh, Darth Vader is Luke's dad in the for in A New Hope. Like it's like watching it episode one through six, one through six. It's just not the way to do it. Some people do. Those people are crazy. And if you saw that movie first, you're a crazy person. Because it's like, 
it's like, listen, let's just get back on point here. Please watch this show. It's a crazy thing that you haven't watched it before. For someone who critiques movies on the basis of all of the things that you do, including story and other things. I can't remember right off the top of my head, but all I do remember is that the story of Avatar The Last Airbender, books one through three, are one of the better stories that you're going to see. Uh, they've all got great character arcs. They've all... It, listen to me. It's one of those shows that theoretically is for kids... Uh, I think it's like a, you know, a Y7 or something. I'm sure it's very, uh, very benign as far as the rating system is concerned. Uh, and maybe that puts you off. But I'm telling you, this is one of those shows. This is a sneakier version of like Adventure Time where you can watch Adventure Time. A kid can watch it and they're just like, ha ha, uh, the magical dog farted. That's crazy, man. And people are made of candy. Uh, and then you can find deeper philosophical meanings in that show if you choose to, or if you just, uh, I don't know, pay a little closer attention. It's almost the opposite with Avatar The Last Airbender. They almost beat you over the head. Listen to me. If by the end you aren't like the biggest wisher of Uncle Iroh to be alive and your actual uncle, then Rose, I got to tell you, I am going to have Caleb edit the podcast so that I can't hear you speak. Because that will mean you are a monster and that you cannot be trusted and I don't want you to influence me anymore. But I know that's not going to be the case and I will listen to your podcast into infinity. So listen to me. Just watch the show. We love you. Okay? We want to bring you into the fold of good things. We only want good things for you, Rose. That's why Caleb had us do this. And to everyone else that sent in one of these messages, you're a hero. Uh, To Caleb and... Excuse me, I almost just burped on Mike. How unprofessional. To Caleb and Rose, uh, we love you guys too here at The Untrained Eye, and uh, we appreciate you. Thank you for always being cool with us, and uh, I hope to dethrone Vic very soon. I can't wait to be on an episode uh, very soon. Hey, I said very soon too many times, so it's time to go. Love you, bye. Damn, so if I if I don't like it, Caleb, you gotta mute me and uh Dude, I I would have no issues doing that. Damn, bro, <laughs> shit. Honestly, I absolutely agree with him. Like your opinion no longer matters. <laughs> Fine, I'll start my own podcast. <laughs> no, I won't. I'm no, I'm I'll sure post- I'll love it. No, what what I would end up doing is I would still edit everything, make it sound all nice and pretty, but I would save my half separately from yours and upload them separately <laughs> and put yours on a the the wrong all bro. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just your half of that conversation. <laughs> oh shit. Dude, you oh. have no idea what you're missing with this show. Like, I get it. It's, 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 it has a slow start. It like, it takes a a hot minute to get into it. Like, I'll, like, I'll say that, like, even for me, like, even like rewatching, 
it does take a second for me to like get into the groove of watching it. But the reason I persevere through those first few episodes until I get into it is because I know what's coming. Okay. All right. And future seasons are are way better than than the I'll say like the opening quarter of season one is a can be a a bit rough if you're not prepared for what's coming. So I'm still going to collect these, <laughs> make a, a big video a video of everyone's responses to you and send it to you <laughs> you bitch and i'll play it on the show too like i'll do i'll do it all i'll i'll i will keep anyone who sends me a response i'm going to continue to play it until he does until he watches it okay fine <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to put it in the promo. Like, our promo, I don't give a shit if it, our promo is like... Like, because I'll put it in, like, that promo slot. I will put the whole recording of anything anyone sends me into our promo until you freaking send me <laughs> a message saying that you've watched Avatar. Okay. And I'm adding All two right. episodes now. You have to watch the first four. Okay, Fine. Fine. <laughs> Yeah, dude, if our promo could be 15 minutes long, I did not give a flying shit. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, well, now that I've been, you know, scolded and shit, um, now can we jump into our headliner? Yeah. Okay. Cool. <laughs> So, before we jump into our Albers headliner of the evening, we asked a question on our social media. Shit, I forgot what the question was, and I just posted it like two days ago. Rose. Um, Rose, Rose, Rose. Albers, Albers, Albers. (laughs) Um, So, the question that we asked... Was what is something you were glad you talked yourself into doing? And we only got one response. (laughs) Okay, I I knew we at least got one. Wasn't it on Instagram? Yep, sure was. I just checked Twitter really fast just in case, but yeah, we didn't get shit for that. All right. So yeah, our question was what is something you were glad you talked yourself into doing? And we got a response from. The back in my day, or that's what their their name is, but I think they're they're a podcast and they're at day back in, uh, and they said making a podcast. Yeah, I, I can absolutely agree to that one. Yeah, it podcasting has been 
so much freaking fun. I'm so glad that we we got into it. We've met some amazing people. You got you guys just yes, just have. heard from one of them. Or technically yeah. two. We don't know if Beth was 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 or was not there. <laughs> that that, I, that that is very true. That is very true. <laughs> yeah, like you said, she could have been silent through that whole thing. Um, but yeah, we've met some great people. We love interacting with other podcasts and just the random people that will <laughs> answer our question of the week. Like we we love it. Doing a podcast has been so much fun, and it's just been an added bonus on top of what we initially were going for, which was just getting together every week to BS like we usually do. Yep. (laughs) Yeah, the only difference between this and a normal conversation between us is we have an intro. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's literally it. Well, and I'd say we actually, like, we have kind of, like, an agenda. We do. Like, with Funko... So, yeah. Like, Funko Focus, 4K Spotlight, and Through the Wall. Like, yes. Like, I understand that that does seem, like, very scripted. Very, like... Like you said, an agenda. But that's the shit we usually talk about. (laughs) This is very true. It's very true. It's like, if... At least this way, we're not, like, jumping around. Yeah, like our our conversations would just be off the wall if we didn't have yeah. this this structure. But if you listen to any of our conversations, any of our like private conversations that we don't record, 9 times out of 10, it's going to be on one of those four topics. <laughs> yep. Like I'm going to be talking or BSing about the the newest pop figure coming out. Like I can freaking show you our uh, our messenger chat. It's just like I'll send you links to to Funko figures. Uh, you'll you'll share the 4K spotlights or the 4K movies that you buy, and you'll send me like the digital codes. And then anytime something in the news comes out, like a new trailer or whatever, we're talking about that for. A solid day, at least. That's true. And, yeah, like, this show is literally our normal conversations, a bit more structured, with an an intro and an outro. Yep. Other than that, you're getting getting into our conversations. Yeah. Like, honestly, whenever Caleb sends me uh, a message on... um... (laughs) messenger that is literally all i see is just rows all capital with like four exclamation points i know it's something good i know i know it's something good honestly most of the time you probably know what it is (laughs) actually actually most of the time i don't you don't because like yeah because literally whenever you send me that i'm at work so i haven't had a chance to like check facebook or anything to see what it is oh okay so i'm like oh shit hell yeah yeah but most of the time you'll you'll know what I'm talking about. Like I feel like you whenever you do that to me, like I I know. Typically, I I'd say like maybe 8 times out of 10. <laughs> okay. Like Fair there's enough. just those like random couple where I'm like, "What?" and then you'll hit me with like, "Do you see this trailer? Do you see this poster? Do you see this Funko?" <laughs> 
Yeah, like, yeah. Podcasting has been so much freaking fun. So it, it is yes. so hard to disagree with with you. But anyway, thank you for your response. We really appreciate hearing from you. And like we said, we freaking love it. Yes, yes, we do. Um, now getting into the breakdown, only an hour and 20 minutes in. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay, yeah, this is definitely going to be a two-hour one. <laughs> yeah. We'll try not to make this one too long. Yeah. Hopefully. We'll see. <laughs> um, But, Caleb, before we spoil the whole damn movie, why don't you tell everybody how we break down movies on this podcast? Hells yeah. Do not ask me what the hell that was. I wasn't. Okay, good. <laughs> um, so, if you are new to our breakdown system, we've split movies into eight different categories that we individually grade to come to a final all bros letter grade. Um, and the eight categories that we score are story, writing, acting, character development, effects, music, costumes, and then we give it our own personal grade at the very end. And we've all that those numbers get added up, put into our magic rating machine, and spits out a, a schoolhouse letter grade for us at the very end. So Without further ado, if you have not seen Luca, which it's available on Disney Plus right now, if you guys want to go check it out, uh, Rose is about to spoil the entire freaking movie for you. So if you listen past this point, it is your own damn fault. Yes. Yes, it is. All right. So in the 1950s, Luca Pagulo a timid young sea monster living off the coast of the Italian city Potoroso herds goatfish and is forbidden by his parents to approach the surface as humans might hunt him. One day, Luca meets Alberto Scorfano, a fellow sea monster child who lives alone above the surface, claiming that his father simply is not around much. Alberto encourages Luca to, to adventure out of the ocean, showing him that sea monsters look exactly human when dry, but return to their true forms when wet. Luca follows Alberto to his hideout, where the boys connect while making and writing a makeshift fragile Vespa. Upon discovering their son's actions, Luca's parents plan to send Luca to live in the deep sea with his uncle Ugo. Or is it Hugo? Uh, I think was it was Hugo or Ugo. Hugo. In retaliation, Luca and Alberto run away to Potoroso to find a Vespa and travel the world. The boys run afoul of er wow, Hercule Visconti, a local bully and repeat champion of the Potoroso Cup race, but Julia Man, these words are ugh, these last names are killing me. Marco Mar Marco Valdo, a young girl, helps them escape. In hopes of winning the money needed for a Vespa, the boys and Julia form a team for the triathlon, which involves swimming, pasta eating, and biking. Unable to swim without revealing themselves, Luca and Alberto respectfully, respectively take on the biking and pasta eating races, while Julia takes the swimming race. Hercule, Hercule, I think that's how you say it, Hercule vows to beat the group. While the boys befriend Julia's fisherman father, Massimo, Massimo, 
Do you remember how they say it in the movie? Uh, yeah, Massimo. Massimo. Luca's parents head to the surface to find their son. Julia teaches Luca about school, and the two bond over a love of learning, especially about astronomy. Alberto becomes jealous of Luca and Julia's growing friendship. When Luca starts ignoring Alberto's advice and tries changing their plans, uh, tries changing their plans to going to school instead of traveling, he and Alberto fight. In anger, Alberto intentionally reveals his true form to Julia. Uh, Luca feigns surpri feigns surprise at the transformation, and a heartbroken Alberto is driven off by Hercule. Julia later deliberately splashes water on Luca to calm him down, seeing his true identity. She then sends him away for his own safety. Luca attempts to reconcile with Alberto and discovers that Alberto's father abruptly abandoned him long ago, making Alberto think he was a bad kid who should, have, should not have friends. Luca sets out to win the Vespa on his own to make things right. After several mishaps, Luca takes the lead in the bicycle race, but is forced to take shelter when it starts to rain. Alberto arrives with an umbrella, but Hercule knocks it away, and both boys are revealed as sea monsters. They flee Hercule, who now intends to harpoon them. Julia helps by smashing her bike into Hercule's, but she is injured. Luca and Alberto turn back to help her and are defended from, defended from monster hunters by Massimo. Massimo, who reveals that the boys are his friends. He also points out that they have crossed the finish line and won the race. Other disguised sea monsters reveal themselves, including Luca's family, and the townsfolk happily welcome them. Meanwhile, Hercule is humiliated by his henchmen, who were fed up with his abuse. Luca and Alberto purchase a Vespa, but the latter sells it to buy a train ticket for Luca, allowing him to go to school in Genoa with Giulia. Luca's family, Massimo and Alberto, see Luca and Giulia off at the train station, where they all promise to stay in touch. During the credits, Luca meets Giulio's mother and attends school over the following year while showing off his sea monster appearance, watching humans walk on the moon with Giulia on television the following year. Massimo becomes Alberto's adoptive father, and Alberto and Luca's family enjoy interacting with the humans in Potoroso. In a post-credit scene, Ugo Hugo damn it, Hugo talks to a stray goatfish about how great his life is in the depths of the ocean. Hell I don't yeah. know how I missed this, but I didn't even know that like the whole uh, credit scene where uh, Luca is meets Julia's mother and then Massimo like takes on um Roberto as his like adoptive son. I didn't even know that shit happened. I only know about knew about the end credits. Okay. Um that is yeah, that description was a little bit misleading because those were just things that were in the credits as pictures. I was going to say it's some bullshit. Yeah. So that's stuff that w didn't technically happen. <laughs> okay. Whoever wrote this Wikipedia, da hell, you asshole. Yeah. Um Anyway, so we ended up giving the story a 91. Not bad. Yeah, definitely not bad. I freaking loved this story. It was so much freaking fun. It really 
like I was telling Caleb, uh, the story definitely plays it safe for Pixar, but that doesn't mean that it's not good. Because it really is. Yeah. There was this whole like debacle over Luca saying that this was the their first um queer movie like that Luca and Alberto were like had a romantic relationship and I was just I'm like mm, no I n- I only saw friendship there yeah, same thing. Like same with like, Julia. Like it what there wasn't a love connection there. It was no. it was a friendship. Yeah. Like a really like just a deep-seated friendship and to like how the hell do you make this movie so freaking political? It's so dumb. Welcome to America. Fair. <laughs> <laughs> um we've been expecting you. Yeah, like that wasn't even like a kind of like and there wasn't even like a slight nod towards that happening but everyone just freaking turned it into a thing which whatever like true or not true like i could give two shits no yeah i i could give two shits too but like honestly i just i saw it as like with the whole situation with roberto's dad like luca was honestly the only family he actually like kind of grew to be accustomed to and so like they really grew like a brother relationship yeah that's what it felt like more than than a a love connection yeah so leave it to people to freaking mess shit up um but yeah like the the story that they told of luca being someone that just follows the rules no matter what into a rule breaker and coming into his own as a as a person and a sea monster and accepting himself and being able to feel like he can show himself like i i definitely feel that there's a certain like this could be an allegory of coming out of the closet <laughs> in a way like you could manipulate it that way but <laughs> fair, fair enough but yeah like I think there's like hints of it there, and so I mean, I guess in that way it's not wrong, but <laughs> yeah, I, I, like I think that the relationship between Luca and Alberto was drastically exaggerated. <laughs> the it, yeah, it was, uh, but yeah, this this movie was so much freaking fun like it was such a good story like the pacing was so so good like it didn't i don't think it, it slowed down at all like it just no. it kept you engaged didn't didn't lean on every any particular scene too hard i think everything flowed really well yeah the, the uh, i think it's an hour and 45 minutes shit just blew by flew by yeah Honestly, the only reason that I docked it was for the training montage. I think the train, like, if anything, the training went on a tad long, but not enough for it to bring it down significantly. Like, this was just, this is me nitpicking. 
Yeah, no, no. I, th I think I can definitely agree with that. Because, hell, they, they had a week to train, right? Yes. And then how long was the training montage? It was a, a pretty decent amount of time. It's like 10, 15 minutes. Yeah, that's way too much for a week. I, I get like a month, but... Yeah, that that's yeah. for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like I said, that's just pure nitpick. Um, but I I really like this story. Like, it makes you fall in love with all the characters. Um, freaking gets you in the feels super hard. Yeah, that's all Caleb. Pixar once again freaking assholes. At the ending, with the whole, like, Roberto and uh, Luca having to part ways. Shit freaking got me. <laughs> freaking assholes. Yeah. But, ah, so good. Like, so freaking good. <laughs> um, But, yeah, like we said, a story sitting at a 91. Rightfully so. Yeah. Moving on over to writing, we are sitting at an 87.5. Okay, out of the two boys, who do you feel had the stronger writing? I'd have to give it to Luca. I think Alberto had a few lines that were just maybe overly repeated. I think, like... uh Roberto kind of like he kind of falls into like the comedic sidekick a little bit, but then he gets the whole um, uh, what's the word? Dramatic, not dramatic, emotional scene. Uh, scene with like him being like, "Hey, you know, my father's been gone since I was a little kid, and I always thought it was because I was a bad kid." Hmm. Um, but I I don't know. I I saw Alberto. Like, just throwing, like, it felt like quip after quip out at Luca. It was very much quip after quip with him. Like, every other line felt like a joke. And it, for the most part, it worked. It was just, in the long run, it's just, okay, a little bit too much. Yeah, no, I agree. I I really enjoyed it. I think what I docked the most for was maybe a lot of the um, the extras and like the uh, the the C or like not uh, what was his name the bully Hercule. Yeah, or uh, like yeah, or the hell you say his name, Hercule, yeah. whatever. This would have been a, this would have been a really good episode to have DJ on to pronounce the Italian names. That would have been awesome. <laughs> yeah, shame. I'm. Yeah, um, I'm just gonna say right now, shame on me for not posting the uh, want to be a guest on our episode. I'm so sorry about that. Nah, you're good. No, Caleb, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, so, like I said, yeah, Hercule was the only one that I was just like, okay, your writing's like, is super lame. I mean, but I guess you can kind of excuse that, because, like, you're supposed to hate him, because he's the bully, town bully. Yeah, that's, so I was able to forgive it a, a little bit, 
I mean, obviously, it's only a few, like four points. Like yeah. it's only a four point difference. Technically, three and a half point difference. But True. yeah, I like just between the story and writing. Um, I yeah, I I just had a few more uh, issues with the writing than I did with the uh, the story. No, I can definitely agree with that. Yeah, but the uh, honestly, everyone else like felt really good. I think. Had you Julie? Did you feel a? Oh, sorry. No, I, I was just gonna say I, I think I think Julie out of the three main characters because I consider her one of the main characters. Um, out of the three, I think she was maybe the weakest. That's fair. Um, you can definitely tell that Luca and Alberto got the stronger writing. Um, but I'll fully admit the the writing they gave her when um they first get to town, and they're trying to like get her to say how to enter the contest, and she's like kind of getting like frustrated at them. Yeah. So. It was alright. How'd you feel? Like... How'd you feel about uh, the writing for um, Luca's parents? Honestly, I really enjoyed enjoyed them. I think his dad was on the weaker side too. His was a little bit again, like probably the same issue that I had with Alberto. A little too over the top funny. Yeah, that's I. I especially feel with that the whole um when they first get to, um, uh, Potoroso, and um they're trying to figure out which one is Luca, and um what is it he, freaking knocks the ice cream cone out of the kid's hand. Yep. Like damn, way to jump to conclusions, Dad. Yeah, no joke, dude. The funniest freaking scene is when the mom freaking bushwhacks all of those kids to push them in the fountain. <laughs> yeah, that was freaking amazing. I loved that scene so much. <laughs> Dude, she was just freaking wrecking. <laughs> like, it was so funny because she kicked the ball and it like hits some kid in the face. And then he goes, or I think it was a girl. She goes flying into this fountain, and she's just like, "Oh!" And so she goes and plays soccer, and just like knocks all these kids in the fountain, trying to expose which one's Luca. Oh, that's some funny shit. Yeah, I I just loved everything that they were doing in this. It was ah oh, so good. Um. But yeah, when it comes to the dad, I think he was just like over the top funny. I think he could have been a little bit more serious. Yeah, okay, I can agree with that. Yeah. I don't know. It just made him feel like, just the way he was written, I think it just made him feel like he didn't care as much. Yeah, no, you got a good point there. Yeah, so. Yeah. Anyway, um, so like I said, writing sitting at an eighty-seven point five. Um, all right, let's move on over to acting. 
Um, I so I graded the top three: Luca, Alberto, and Julia. Yep. And then I just counted everyone else as an extra. Yep. Same here. Yeah. So we, uh, we I think we were unanimous on this one. Um, yeah, we both agree that it's sitting at a ninety. Um, like honestly, looking at the cast list after I finished it, I didn't even like tell the I couldn't even tell who played Luca and Alberto. So after seeing who it was, I'm like, holy shit, it was those two guys. Yeah, so Luca was played by Jacob Tremblay, who has been in a few movies that we've broken down. He's been in The Room, he's been in uh, The Good uh, Boys. Yep. I feel like he's been in another one. Uh, I know it's not. I know it's not the only movie he's been in. Or, Yeah, he was in The Room, he was in Wonder... Good boys. Um, maybe that is all he's been in. <laughs> yeah, I think. I, yeah, I think it's just those. Yeah, I mean, he wasn't Wonder, but we never broke that down. No, we didn't. Yeah, so Jacob Tremblay, uh, Alberto was voiced by Jack Dylan Grazer, who is in the. It movies. He was also in Shazam. Uh, then Julia was voiced by Emma Berman, which she has only done one other feature. Or uh, actually, she only did an, a TV series called Go Go Corey Carson. I mean, damn, she knocked it out of the park with this performance. So yeah, I think she did. Damn, Hope she gets job. more work. Yeah. Then Luca's parents were, vo- or Daniela and Lorenzo were voiced by Maya Rudolph and Jim Gaffigan, which I freaking love. Jim Gaffigan. He's really good. I I feel I can uh, recognize Maya Rudolph like anywhere. <laughs> I actually couldn't with this performance. Really? Yeah, yeah, it took me was, a minute. She was the only one that I recognized. I couldn't recognize Jacob Tremblay or Jack Dylan Grazer or even a, a Jim Gaffigan. I actually didn't even recognize his voice. Um, but yeah, no, Maya Rudolph. I'm like, yeah, okay, yeah, that is definitely Maya Rudolph. <laughs> Nothing yeah. against her. I think she's great at voice acting. It's just like, I to me at least her voice is very recognizable. Yeah. Um everyone else I I'm not seeing any like big names that I'm recognizing. The only other one that I kind of recognized was Uncle Ugo who v- was voiced by Sasha Baron Cohen. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, I feel um, if you're going to put Sasha Baron Cohen in your movie, shouldn't you give him like a little bigger role? I don't know if he is super big on doing uh, animated work. Okay, true. Fair, fair enough. I don't know if that's true, so don't. no one quote me on that. But I mean, it do just you, doesn't I seem mean, like I he's no done idea. a lot of uh, animated. No, you're probably right. Yeah, it's always it's always been a lot of uh 
Oh, he was. Maybe I'm wrong. He was. Uh, he did the voice for Julian in uh, Madagascar. Oh my god, that was him. Yeah, I never knew that. I did oh, not shit. either. Well, I'll be damned. That's yeah, no freaking joke. awesome. Yeah, did he do it for all of them? Yeah, he sure as hell did. Yeah, yeah, looks like it. Yeah, but most people would probably recognize him as uh, Borat. Yeah, which I still haven't seen the first one or the second one. Yeah, I haven't either, but... I want to, just haven't gotten around to it. Yeah, um... So yeah, so like I said, I I graded the uh the Luca, Alberto and Julia and then I did everyone else as a uh, extra. <laughs> yeah, same here. So, out of the the top 3, like how would you personally rank them? Um I don't Jacob Tremblay's number 1 definitely cuz super solid performance. I think he does did an amazing job. Um I would actually give number 2 to uh what's her name? Emma Berman for Julia. I actually was very shocked with how much I loved her performance. She did an amazing job and nothing against Jack Dylan Grazer. Um it's just like Alberto kind of is the uh like was it the laughable sidekick the one that gets all the jokes out and so like i kind of like i i liked the other two's voice performances more than his just for the fact that like they got a little more serious than him even though he does get his serious moments um so it's nothing against him but that was that's probably how i'd rank it honestly i absolutely agree with you <laughs> Hell yeah, there we go. Yeah, I think his, or, um, Alberto's was just a little bit more, needed a bit more enthusiasm, I feel. Like, I think there was just something, like, lacking behind the voice. No, that's right. I mean, I'll give him this, like, there is a lot of enthusiasm when they first meet. <laughs> yeah, there's lots of it, and then like, it damn. just, it feels like it just kind of goes away. Oh yeah, no. I, so I, I think it's just consistency, and Jacob Tremblay and Emma Berman were able to keep Luca and Julia at the same enthusiasm throughout the movie. Yes, I absolutely agree. Yeah, like I think it was just the or not the same enthusiasm throughout. It was more the. Uh, the appropriate tones. And I think that there was sometimes where Alberto was was sad but sounded overly sad. That no, that's a good way to put it. And then like with Luca and Julia, they were able to nail their uh performances like they were down. Like everything was Everything matched what I felt the tone was. Yes. Um, but yeah. So we ended up giving the acting a 90, like I said. Uh, moving on over to character development. 
Uh, I graded Luca. Yeah, as, as did I. Yeah. So, with Luca's story, or his arc, like, I felt it was a pretty solid arc. Like, we both agreed it was a pretty solid arc, because we gave, ended up giving it a 92. Hell yeah, not bad at all. Yeah, so, with Luca, he is a very rule-following type of child. Yes, very very much so. Yeah, and so when he he starts kind of exploring and expanding his horizons a little bit more, um, his parents freak out and threaten to send him away with their uncle, or with his uncle who lives in the deep ocean. And this dude is just like the creepiest guy. He like has see-through skin and can stop. Apparently, the oxygen is too rich as when they're super high, and so yeah, he's what? his heart stops a couple times. For, didn't Luca have to like just like freaking elbow him right in the? Yeah, his dad just chest. like son. I'm going to need you. To, like you see that big red thing? I'm just going to need you to punch it as hard as you can. <laughs> <laughs> Like, it's so weird. Yeah, it was. But it was funny. Yeah. So, yeah. And then uh, he runs away to, and he thinks that he, oh, I can go see the world because he wants to get a Vespa and ride off into the sunset with his his friend or his new friend that introduced him to all these things that the the humans do. And you see him do that, and you kind of see him become more and more confident with himself as a human. And then you kind of see it when that gets challenged into exposing or revealing that he's actually a sea monster. You kind of see that hesitation and that drawback and everything. And then when he finally does accept that he's going to have to reveal himself. Like, it feels so earned. No, I absolutely agree. Um, r- really quickly, how did you feel about uh, when uh, Luca and Alberto's uh, friendship was tested with the whole, hey, you know, I don't want to put that money anymore towards getting a Vespa. I want to put it now towards going to school. We should go to school. And that leads to basically them kind of starting to part ways. How how did you feel about that character development between those two? I really enjoyed it because Luca found that it, there was this another option, that there were more options than just riding a Vespa and going and exploring the world and learning about things outside of this world, which makes sense. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, at least for his character, because he, he, like, the way that he starts off, he's like, oh, I want to learn more about the human world. And then he's learning that there's all these worlds and everything outside of even Earth. And he's, like, excited to learn about that stuff as well. And it, it, it just makes sense for the character that he's wanting to expand outside of what is discoverable like everything that he wants to explore is has always been out of reach and so seeing that he wants to explore the human world which has always been out of reach because of the restrictions his parents have put on him um he's like 
oh, I want, like, he, he has that urge to go and explore that. And then once he learns that there's something past the human world and something also, like, very, quote-unquote, unobtainable, like, he, he wants to push to to go discover that and become an astronaut. And I, I just love that, that progression for him. Like, like it was so good. Like <laughs> it was so freaking good. No, like honestly for, like for a simple Pixar film, it actually has very deep um, character development for Luca. Honestly. Yeah, it honestly does. Um, But yeah, like the, the test of, friendship like i feel like the test i think if anything that's probably what i i brought it my character development score down for was the um relationship between luca and alberto and i think it was net it was more alberto that was distancing himself from luca or not feeling included yes yeah and having those like those bits of jealousy i don't i think Luca wanted to uh, include him, but it's just he wasn't interested in going and exploring the stars. Yeah. He, I think Alberto's character wanted to just have someone to connect with, and when he found Luca, it was he felt very um maybe attached to Luca and so exploring the world and all that they were going to be like together forever and then when he starts hearing all these plans that he's making with Julia I think that was tough for him to to hear because he's like oh so now Luca's going to leave me too to go and do this yeah you know completely understandable I get where the kids coming from yeah and I think hearing from the end, which was not animated, it was just like the random pictures in the credits. Um, Assholes. <laughs> apparently, gets adopted by Julia's father. Like he kind of gets that um, that sense of family. That makes me so happy. Yeah, it makes me happy too. <laughs> so I think everyone kind of got their what they were searching for. Between Luca and Alberto, I don't think Julia was technically looking for anything other than a win for the triathlon. Yeah, so kind of like what she says that she only comes into this uh, city uh, every summer to visit her dad. All the uh, for the rest of the year, she's off with her mom going to school. So whenever she comes to this town, like they consider her kind of like the weird girl, the not the the one that's just only comes here occasionally she's just out there um so she wants to be able to be able to say ha i won bitches kiss my ass i mean let's hope she wouldn't say that um but i mean not exactly in those terms but yes but but like like in a pixar way of saying it like that yeah (laughs) it's more the idea yeah see there we go it's the thought that counts yeah um but yeah, I thought it was like a really solid arc and it showed like the highest, like it showed us that build up. It showed us where, where Luca was at the beginning, did that build up, challenged that build up, 
when it came to like exposing himself and then just kind of kept riding that high where he became like I I loved that. I loved that it was just like an incline and it plateaued when it was when his uh new ideas, new feelings, new experiences were being challenged and then just kept going up from there when he yeah. finally goes off to go to school and and all that. So I freaking loved it. Like how no, they how they did that. Same here. Same here. Um so yeah, character development, like I said, sitting at a very solid ninety-two. Um next up we got effects. Which is sitting half a point higher than character development. It's sitting at a ninety-two point five. Not bad. Yeah. And I was the harsh one on this one. Oh really? Yeah. Wow. Kinda shocked. Which I wasn't like that harsh. I'm still in the nineties. But I think what kept me from going fully to the uh, to a ninety five or even a hundred was the I think the an- the animation could have been <sighs> maybe better. <laughs> no, I dude, I I can absolutely agree with that because um like I'm not trying to sound like Pixar bias here, even though this is Pixar, but uh the animation in Luca is like it's nothing compared to like how amazingly realistic like the uh like the Toy Story movies have come. Like, the animation in the beginning of Toy Story 4, with the whole, like, rain shit, and just, uh, like, how, like, much they've improved on the way the humans look, it, it's incredible. Like, it's amazing animation. Um, you can definitely tell with this, they, they definitely w- went for a more stylized look for Pixar, which definitely works for the movie. There's nothing wrong with it. Um, but if you're like comparing it to other uh, Pixar animation, it's definitely not up to like what we hold as a Pixar standard. Um, yeah, like, like my Pixar standard, at least for a movie that is that was stylized like this, my standard's Coco. Oh hell yeah! Like yes. I wasn't going to try and compare it to um, Toy Story Four or Soul. Because Soul had a very realistic feel to it as well. Yeah, um, yeah, you, you're definitely on the right track here with comparing it to Coco. My yeah, man. this was a little bit more animated, but I feel like they could have done a lot more with the uh, the scale of everything. Like everything just it felt really small. It it did, and I I mean I'm sure that's what they wanted it to be. Um, yeah, it, I well, I maybe it's not even like necessarily the scale because the the scale of Coco was freaking ginormous, but at least like when they did those shots, I think they could have done just a little bit more to make it to make the stylization pop a little bit. No, that that's fair. I I can definitely agree with that. Like, when I think of Toy Story 4, like, that rain scene definitely comes to mind. And I feel like that rain scene definitely makes the uh, everything else pop a little bit. Like, their animation and, and everything. And with with oh, characters definitely. that are water-based, I feel like you had such a great opportunity to 
explore that a little bit more. Go into um, some really good water effects, but I don't think the water looked that was, great for this. <laughs> no, like, honestly, like, it was no, like, freaking Finding Nemo water. <laughs> yeah, or freaking uh, The Good Dinosaur. Like, I know that movie isn't great, but the water in that looked amazing. Like, actually, I might say that uh, Moana's water actually looked better than Luca's. Yeah. With, and, like, yeah, with another freaking water-based character. <laughs> You kind of expect a little bit more? Yeah, a little bit. No. But, yeah, other than that, I did really like the character design for uh, Luca and Alberto. I think the the hair was really cool. I loved like how they transformed. That was super cool. I loved that. Yeah, and I loved how it was just, like, any time they would get wet, it would be, like, one thing on them. Like, you could see where it got them wet. So, like, when it was raining, you could see these little specks of yeah of him transforming into the, the sea monster, which looked super cool. I feel that's such great attention to detail with um, the people that worked on the animation for this movie. So, kudos to you guys. Yeah. I think one of my other like f- favorite scenes is when uh, Lucas sees the fish getting chopped up at Julia's house, oh, and then yes. he spits the water on Alberto, and just the way that it, like you could see this this bladder all over Alberto's face, and like how it's like half human, half sea monster. It looked super cool. It it really did. I loved it. Ugh. Yeah. So, like I said, effects sitting at a ninety-two point five. Uh, moving on over to music, we're actually sitting at a seven. You were a little higher on this one, and I know we so round actually, down. can I um can I actually change my answer on this one? Because I actually do want to bump it down to a seven. Because now thinking about it, there's really nothing uh that really like sticks out if i'm really thinking about it yeah so we'd still be at a seven <laughs> okay but i i know but like pers- personal wise like i i do want to bump down to a seven yeah we can do that for sure all right cool um yeah it, it, the music was good it fit the tones that it was going for. I think they could have done a little bit more Italian music. Yeah, I agree. I definitely agree with that. Yeah, I think Coco hit the uh like the Mexican Spanish music like really hard. And it's just like I felt like they were lacking in this. I, I felt like like it didn't sound too like Italian to me. It just sounded just very basic music. Um what you would expect from like a typical Pixar movie, almost like Toy Story, like the Toy Story movies. Like I know that like the Toy Story movies have like their one or two hits. Um, yeah. But when you're like, like if you minus don't those, hear, yeah, if you don't hear, you got a friend in me at least once in a Toy Story movie. There's something wrong with that Toy Story movie. <laughs> yeah. So it's just like it was like an okay. It was an okay soundtrack. Yeah. I agree. 
Um, like I think what music they did have uh, in enhanced the the scenes. Um, I don't think um, not enhanced. What's the word I'm looking for? Fit it fit the scene, but I don't think okay, it enhanced the scenes or made the scenes any better. Yes. Yeah, I can definitely agree with that. Yeah. So music is sitting at a seven. Uh, moving on over to costumes, we're sitting at an eight. Link. So, um, like, so with an animated movie, when we talk about costumes, we're talking about like whatever they're wearing or just the character design in general. So, I mean. Did you base the sauce of off of also how they looked as sea monsters with how they looked as humans? Yeah. Yeah. Um, um sorry, you go. No, no, you're good. Um I would say out of the two, I probably liked Luca's uh sea monster design better than Alberto's. Um I can give you that. But both of them are great. Um I feel they're like normal human clothes are good i i love the fact that they uh they never uh put on shoes throughout the whole movie i freaking love that feature that was a really <laughs> nice addition yeah nice. um i think the only transformation that i had any issues with was maybe luca's mom and i don't know what it was i think it was just maybe the lack of nose that is fair. That is absolutely fair. Yeah, and then it's just like her her mouth kind of stuck out a little far. And so it, when she was transforming b- back and forth between sea monster and human, it didn't feel like the same character like it did with uh with Luca's dad or even Luca and Alberto. Yeah. So, I think that's something I docked for, but other than that, like the costumes or like the outfits that they they were wearing, they they fit pretty well. Um, no real complaints there. It's no, just I, yeah, I really don't have none. Yeah, on that regard or in that regard. Yeah. Um. But yeah, everything else really good. I really like the character design. So I think an eight. Is a really good score for uh, for the costumes. No, I, I I definitely agree. All right, and then that brings us to our personal grade. So, Rose, you want to start us off? I would love to. So, um, I'll admit, when the trailers first came out for this movie, I was kind of like, okay, you know, it, it looks good. You know, like I kind of like expect a different animation from from Pixar. You know. It was going to be interesting, but, you know, like, I'm not fully on board. I'm not, like, super, super excited for it. But after watching it, um, yes, it's a, it's a, ve- it's a very simple uh, Pixar movie. They definitely keep it safe, which is, it's never wrong to do that. Um, sometimes I can understand why Pixar does that. Um, but even though they played it safe, that does not mean that this movie is not good, because this is a hell of a good Pixar movie. Um, great story, great characters, um, great emotional um, elements added into the mix. Um, yeah, I I finished this movie with a smile on my face. I had a really good time watching this, and I'm really glad that I did. Um, so I'm going to go a solid 90. Nice. 
Um, I'm going to go up a little bit higher. I'm actually sitting at a uh, a 92. Hell yeah. Um, like you said, I I had so much fun with this movie. And it was just like it's just an overall amazing time. Like it hit me in in the feels um all the the comedic notes, all like all those hit hit me pretty well. I had no real issues with the movie in general. So, um, yeah, I think the message, like, you could definitely do a really deep dive into the meanings of this movie, especially if they were going for a, like, its first uh, LGBT character, which I personally did not get those vibes from i think they told a story that would fit for anyone in the lbgt community oh yeah absolutely um i just don't personally feel like that's what they were going for (laughs) but i think they did i think they did a really good job overall with this movie i had lots of fun with it um but yeah so like i said i'm gonna i'm gonna say 92 uh, which oh, yeah. averages us out to a 91. And so that concludes this breakdown. And the final All Bros letter grade for Luca is... A B plus. Nice. Yeah, not bad not at all. Shabby. So it is sitting at an 88.62%. Not too shabby. Yeah, so this is sitting right below How to Train Your Dragon at 88.3, The Invisible Man at 88.2, The Prom at 88.1, and then Raya and the Last Dragon at 87.8. Very, very nice. Oh, or no, I'm sorry, I'm, it's sitting... Above those ones. Okay. Because, yeah, I, I would definitely say I did enjoy it more than Raya. Yeah. Um, and then it's more. below the Unicorn Store at 88.8. Okay. Uh, the Mitchells versus the Machines at 89. Rise of the Planet of the Apes at 89.2. Knives Out at 89.3. And Black Panther at 89.3. Or Knives Out is 0.31. Black Panther is (laughs) 0.34. Okay. So yeah, not not bad at all. Yeah. I think it definitely has a, a really good home. No, I absolutely agree. So it's in a B... It's like it's it's in a the B plus range... And it is, one, two, yeah. Out of thirty-two B plus movies, it is ranked number fifteen. Okay, that's not bad. So it is sitting between Rocket Man on the high end and Nightmare on Elm on the low end. Very nice. Very very nice. Yeah. So I think it has a pretty decent home. No, I agree. Um, 
All right. So I feel that uh, brings us to our conclusion of this week's breakdown of Luca. Um, if you guys liked what you heard, uh, be sure to follow and subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. We are damn near everywhere. Uh, we are on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Radio Public, Radio.com, Spotify, and so much more. Uh, you can also catch all of our episodes on YouTube as well, as well as some bonus episodes whenever the hell we get around to actually posting them. <laughs> Honestly, I think um, we need to get to that point of just, like, not promising that. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Because we're, we're so bad at it. That bad at that. Um, yeah. if, if you want to, uh, be sure to follow us on our social media. You can uh, DM us there with episode ideas, answers to our question of the week. Or if you would like to join us, we will gladly have everyone on, and that is Besides our email, that is the best way to contact us if you would like to be a guest on our, one of our episodes. Um, when it comes to all that good social media goodness, um, if you want to contact us or just check check us out on any of, any of those, for Facebook, it is facebook.com forward slash the Albros. Twitter and Instagram. Tw- Twitter and Instagram. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Twitter and Instagram at the Albros. Um, for our email, uh, it is the Albros channel at gmail.com. Um, then if you want to go check up our check up, check out our website, it is tinyurl.com forward slash the Albros. Got a little bit more information about us if you want to learn more about our amazing broship. I actually don't even think we like showcase like how we became friends on there or anything. So I kind of just lied about that. But yeah, I don't think I put that stuff on there. <laughs> it's okay. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's okay. It's okay. Um, also, if you guys want to buy some of our merch, uh, you can check us out at tpublic.com slash user slash the Albros channel. And that is where Caleb uploads all of his amazing episode art. So you can get, uh, let's say spiral or, um, What's the hunt? All of that episode are on a t-shirt, a mug, sweatshirt, whatever you would like. Bam. Looks so badass on a uh, on something like that. So yeah, be sure to check that out on T Public. Um Yeah, if you guys want to give us any feedback, good or bad, just don't make us cry, please. Or at least not make me cry. I get tend to get very emotional. <laughs> um, either way we would love to hear from you guys uh, going off the social media and email just hit us up on any of those if you guys have any nice criticism or if you guys want to just call us jackasses and you're both pieces of shit you know go for it you know what try to make us cry <laughs> <laughs> bet we don't give a bet shit you can't. <laughs> <laughs> um, so next week uh, we will be breaking down the fourth, fifth, I almost said fourth, fifth, and supposedly final Purge film, The Forever Purge, which released July 2nd. So um, we all know that I'm freaking stoked, and I know Caleb is excited as well, because um, we both actually really do enjoy the Purge films. So 
be sure to tune in next week to see how this one fares up against the other four. But until then, this has been the All Bros Podcast. I am Jonathan. And I'm Caleb. And we will catch you guys next week. So long. Deuces.